I, uh, I just got here and I'm actually already getting stuff done and he is working away. So we'll be on in no time. Yeah, no, I'll talk to you soon. Yep. Okay. Okay. Bye. Starless Web here, and yes, you guessed it, I'm back in my parents' trailer. And I have, of course, AJ, because he is my parent. And I can't be living in my parents' trailer if my parent isn't here. That could be a problem. Yeah. So what's going on, AJ? You got anything you're bringing to the table to start us off with? Well, you know what? Um, gosh, I... I've been doing so many different things lately, and I haven't. I'm not sure that uh, I'm really that well organized today. But we have a couple of things we could kick around here. And um, did you know that shopping at Costco? And I'm sure a lot of you know what Costco is. The best time is Tuesday and Wednesday in the a.m. And that is supposed to be the kind of the best time because of there's not much traffic there. And uh, you could just cr cruise right on through the store. Huh. That's pretty cool. Have you, uh, have you went to Costco during those times and noticed a difference? No, I haven't. I, you know, Costco isn't all that close to us. So um, it's about 30, 35 miles away. So... Yeah. Um, don't hit it too um, too often. So, but do you know that the Kirkland brand batteries are actually Duracell batteries? I can see that. They yeah. came from the same place, just different packaging. There you go. So, I showed you a hilarious video yesterday about this woman who thought, uh, who thinks she's a reporter and actually solves an arson crime on oh, Facebook yes. Live. Yes. That was pretty crazy. I mean, she was on it. She was there, boy, let me tell you. And, uh, I, you know, I think she would be really good. They could probably hire her on one of the stations if they could get her to clean up her language a little bit, you know. Um, you know, but she was, she knew what she was doing. I mean, she, she didn't hide anything. Well, I mean, she comes in and she's like, it, so it says that she was driving past and she saw the house, like, actively, like, started. And so she was like, I'm making it my mission to report to for my reporting debut right now. And so she called it Weave News. And uh, she was very enthusiastic. She was running around and everything, talking to people. She ends up talking to the guy who started the fire. And he... Uh, he stayed there on the grass and she was like whoa you were close to the fire she's like his hand is burned and he's sitting there drunk with a pbr and, and i mean she solved the whole him. thing before the fire marshal even got there and her name was Rhonda young and so it was pretty awesome i shared that with you um have i told you about the wisconsin man's obituary no so they say that this is the stuff that is, like, he's a legend. They said this was Wisconsin man's obituary is the stuff of legends. And this was um, 
on E-Bomb's World, and it was on 8-7-22 that this was published. And so, the actual obituary was from Ridgeway, Iowa, and the guy lived from 1955 to 2019. And it, they crossed out his name, and it says, age 63 of Spitzville, IA died on Friday, March 29, 2019 at Gunderson Health Systems in La Crosse, Wisconsin after a short battle with cancer. A funeral service will be held at 11 a.m. Thursday, April 4, 2019 at the St. whatever hospital. Uh, or not hospital. He's done with the hospital. But uh, it says, made his last inappropriate comment on March 29, 2019. If you're wondering if you have ever met him, you didn't because you would remember. For those of you that did meet him, we apologize as we're sure you probably that he probably offended you. He was world-renowned for not holding back and telling it like it is. Tim was born to so-and-so and so-and-so on June 11, 1955, a hundred years too late. Given Tim's demeanor, he would have been perfect weather cowboy in the Old West and rough and tough pioneer, or maybe he just should have been Amish. Tim was the fourth of eight kids and the bottom rung of the top tier of the big kids. Instead of taking his place on that rung, listening to the older kids and doing as he was told to his older siblings, he decided to note himself as king of the four little kids. <clears throat> Tim spent his childhood and early adulthood ordering them around and in general tormenting them. He was a great ornator not like Shakespeare but more like Yogi Berra he was always he always had something to say and he always had to get in the last word his position as king and ornator was challenged by the nuns at St. Welsh's church in Spitzville he may have met his match we're not saying the nuns won but they put up a good fight we mean literally he got into a fist and cuff with a nun if in fairness you probably started it you didn't take a swing at Tim and not expect one back. Tim's fondness for authority, his own and not others. Followed him to South Winsick High School in Calamere and later into the Army. This provided for many interesting episodes and stories, tensions, demotions, and a few run-ins with the law. Not just locally, but globally. Tim worked at Cat Care Stanley Black and Decker in Decor as a tool and die maker for 30 plus years. Tim worked with many friends and a bunch of morons. In his words, not ours. We're not exact, well, not exactly his words because that would have included a bunch of swear words. Tim leaves behind a hell of a lot of stuff that his family doesn't know what to do with. So if you're looking for a Virgin Mary in a bathtub shrine, you're Catholics, you know what we're talking about. You should wait the appropriate amount of time and get in touch with the family members. Tomorrow would be fine. To his siblings' amazement, he was actually able to snag a good woman <clears throat> and hold her for the past 13 years. And as far as we know, restraints were not used. Tim also created great memories and stories for his kids. And his grandkids. He will be having a reunion with his infant daughter, Ashley, his brother, Duke, his dad, Bill, and many aunts, uncles, and a handful of cousins that passed away before him. Tim was in charge of getting the beer and the ice for our family reunion, so they will be happy to see him. 
A common line in his in obituaries is he never met a stranger. In Tim's case, he never met a rule he couldn't break, a boundary he couldn't push, a line he couldn't cross, and a story he couldn't stretch. Another common obituary phrase is he'd give the shirt off his back. Well, Tim was prepared to do that, and he could do it quickly because he always wore his shirts unbuttoned three-fourths of the way down. Tim was anything but common. Despite his crusty exterior, cutting remarks, and stubbornness, there's actually evidence that he was a loving, giving, and caring person. That evidence is now in a deep sorrow and pain in our hearts and his family feels from his passing. Tim led a good life and he had a peaceful death, but the transition was a bitch. And for the record, he did not lose his battle with cancer. When he died, the cancer died, so technically it was a tie. He was ready to meet his maker. We're just not sure the maker is ready to meet Tim. Good luck, God. Yes. And then it says, we're considering establishing a GoFundMe account for G. Hellman Brewing Company, the brewers of, the brewers of old-style <clears throat> beer, as we anticipate they're about to experience a significant hardship as a result of loss of Tim's business. Keep them in your thoughts as well. Well, that is telling it like it is. I thought so, you would like that. Yes, I did. I really enjoyed it. And it, you know, it told what type of person he really was. So this and is what nothing wrong with that. Tim looked like. Oh, wow. Got a nice big uh, Fu Manchu with a cowboy hat on. He, uh... He's a, he's a snazzy looking man. Yes, he is. He, uh, he definitely is... One of those obituaries that that you're like that is some funny stuff. So yeah. the other thing that I was going to share with you as well. What would you do? Because I mean, I know that you've had bats come through your bathroom vent and fly around your bed at night and everything. <laughs> I, you know, uh, yes. <laughs> what would you do if, if a human-sized bat just started to crawl right through that bathroom vent and he pops it through and it hits the ground? You're like, what the hell is that? And you look over and it's like this guy. Oh, my. Yeah, that's a big bat. So when I yeah. said it's a human-sized one, you really weren't <laughs> expecting it to be human-sized. Yeah. Those are creepy, that, right? They are. So... There's these human-sized bats that are actually, um, they're called the giant golden crowned flying fox, and they're in the Philippines, and they are fruit bat, so they eat a large amount of fruit, they have the option of it. A lot of people think that they're fake when they see them, but the species can actually grow up to seven feet tall. And so here's one that, um, here's a picture of one hanging. And so it's like how it hangs too a lot of the time. People just don't believe that's real. I can uh, I can see that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So we it have is. yeah we have a lot of stuff that's in the Philippines too that's pretty freaky as well. I imagine if that's just their like kind of fruit bats. Well, you asked me you asked me what I would do if I had something like that. First thing I'd probably do. <laughs> is reach for my cordless paper punch <laughs> and uh, take it from there. Oh, that is a good response. I mean, I like it. That's like, ba -da -ba. yeah, yeah, would hope. I, yeah, I mean, I, I sometimes get some good stuff that I can bring here. Sometimes there's like not as great of ideas that I've came up with, but well, you know, 
did uh, I was listening to this program yesterday and it was pretty interesting they they talk about do you have a case uh, there are a couple attorneys um, that are on the radio yeah and what happens is people will write in or call in and they'll ask them hey do I have a case you know and they'll bring up whatever incident that they want to you know progress on well anyhow they were saying, and I can't remember where this was. I'm, I'm going to say it was in Brooklyn, New York. And anyhow, it's been real hot there, you know, as everybody probably realized by now. But anyhow, uh, this lady died. Uh, I don't think she was real old, but she anyhow, she passed away. They didn't say of what. Anyhow, the, uh, she was in the morgue for two days on ice. Jeez. And, and that's, that's not uncommon. Um, and then she woke up. No, she didn't. Oh, okay. So then she, while she was in the morgue, and uh, the family decided to get in touch with a local um, mortuary, and they were going to take her and embalm her, um, you know, for the view, before the viewing. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, that's what they did. <clears throat> that's what the plan was, and that's what they paid for. So anyhow, they said... Um, uh, the problem began at when she went from the mortuary to the, um, uh, I'm sorry, to the... Uh, Crematorium? No, to the other embalming place, place? embalming place there, and to the mortuary. Well, they got ready to go ahead and have the viewing, and so they opened up the casket, and... They said this. The odor was so bad that people were just, just covering their faces and everything. The odor was just terrible. It just filled up the whole room. They went over and they looked, and her face had uh, was beginning to. It was shrinking all up, and she had uh, maggots and different types of bug bugs crawling out of her face. Gee. And <clears throat> they um, <clears throat> wanted to know who or if they could sue um, because they the, the mortuary claims while everything was real hot, she looked, you know, she, she looked good when we put her in there, but after a couple days, I guess all that heat just kind of Dang. She just kind of That's started, uh, you know, coming undone. That's really horrible. Yes, it is. And they said, well, now, who do you sue? Do you sue the mortuary? Or um, who do you sue? I mean, at that point, yeah, who do you sue? And the mortuary says, well, it wasn't their fault because they did what they got paid to do. Uh, they embalmed her. But the, the heat and everything else, um, yeah, you know, took its toll on her. That's horrible. But, so, uh, they said, well, you know what? Um, you do have to pay them, and then you could turn around and sue them. Um, and, you know, it all depends how it comes out. Yeah. But they did have a, uh, you know, a suit. Damn, that's some craziness. So... Do you know the classic uh, nursery rhyme of Mary Had a Little Lamb? 
Well, I, I remember it, yes. So, that's actually a true story that there was a lady that actually had taken her little lamb to school. And uh, what had happened was her brother had said, like, had coaxed her on, you know, oh, you should bring the lamb to school. And she did it. And when she brought the lamb to school, of course, all of the kids had commotion and were just like, what? And so the teacher ended up having to usher the little lamb outside. And so the person who had actually wrote the original Mary's Had a Little Lamb dated all the way back to the 1800s. It's an American nursery rhyme from the 19th century. The first verse was first published um, by Marsh, Captain, and Lion, a Boston publishing outfit, and as the poem of the, and as a poem by the author. Alright, we are back. So, Mary Had a Little Lamb. Classic story, real life event. Who would know? I, I remember somebody talking about, and I, I don't remember too much about it, but it was, it was about Humpty Dumpty. Oh yeah, no, I, I actually had heard something about that, and they never actually said he was an egg. Didn't they really? Yeah. It was never said that he was an actual egg. Huh. We just all insinuated that it was an egg. And it was like, from what I, like, know, it's like they made it into a magical thing. But it was actually, yeah, not like ever really told that it was an egg. Um, the Mary Had a Little Lamb. So, basically, a school teacher had uh, been having a class. And she had the class kids come in, and Mary's older brother had told her that she should bring her lamb. And so when Mary went to school, the lamb actually followed her in. Well, it caused a bunch of commotion, and so the kids then had asked the teacher, Why does Mary's lamb love her so much? And you know what they said? What did they say? They said that it's because Mary loves that <clears throat> lamb so very much. So the lamb loves her back. And so then the teacher ended up making a little story rhyme and the nursery rhyme and everything about the actual story. So we have touched on that one a little bit, but you were saying that you actually know about the uh, Humpty Dumpty one. You I have don't, that up there um, or you want me to look that up? I might want to look it up because it's been a long time and I, I do remember there was, uh, you know, quite a bit <clears throat> in, involved in it, um, but I don't remember exactly what it was. Dumpty meaning. Humpty Dumpty meaning. Okay, so Humpty Dumpty, if you look up like what the dictionary says, it says a person that is overthrown and cannot be restored, or that they're a fat, fat and round person. Um, so it's like describing the figure of him. The origin, it says, of it goes back to the 17th century. And they put him on a wall. How did he fall off? Well, it is said that he fell off. Okay, so well, perhaps it? it says... Um, so, what I just ended up pulling up is Classic FM, and, uh, it's an article that they have here, 
and it says that in 1970s, a chap called James William Elliot included Humpty Dumpty when he collected together a load of English nursery rhymes and songs, set them to music, and published um, them as Mother Goose's nursery rhymes and nursery songs. And that's when it kind of started. Um, he did some <clears throat> London engravers and the Brothel Dazzle. That was who did the music. Um, Humpty Dumpty is a protagonist of the English nursery rhyme. He perhaps, due to his fragility, revealed in the fall, he has been portrayed as an egg, including by actor George L. Fox in the Broadway um, pantomime Humpty Dumpty. And in his weird and wonderful Alice in Adventures of Wonderland. The meaning behind the rhyme, the theories of it, is basically about like him being fragile and breakable. And everything. And they are actually referring to King Richard III of England. Hmm. And he was, um, who was supposed to, supposedly humpbacked. And he was defeated at the Battle of Bosworth Field in 1485. And it says that they can assume that Humpty Dumpty is the king of the wall in his reign and fight to preserve power. The fall is his defeat. And all the king's horses and all the king's men are the army that failed to prevail. Huh. So they're talking about the English Civil War. Interesting. Did uh, you know like that there's probably a true meaning behind uh, the whole Jack and Jill one as well? No, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure there is, but I don't know what it would be. So I know originally they were saying that the Jack and Jill story um, was actually two guys, and then over time they actually changed it to Jack and Jill. But at first it was actually Jack and Gill. Mm. And then they changed it to Jack and Jill over time. And that was, um, originally it was published in 19, or sorry, 1765. And that was in London. And the original verses were, Jack and Gill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Jack fell down and broke his crown and Gill came tumbling after. Um, there is later one more verse that was added, and most of the common ones that are known today through the statement of the above were published in 1806 of Jack and Jill and the Old Dame and Old Dame Gill. Here, Old Dame Gill and the children's mother. Wow. And so she actually whips Jill for laughing at her brother for falling down the hill. Mm. And so it says, Up Jack got up home... Or up Jack got and home did trot as fast as he could caper. Went to bed to mend his head with vinegar and brown paper. Jill came in and she did grin to see his paper plaster. Mother Vex did whip her necks for causing Jack's disaster. Huh. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, so she whooped that kid and that's why they got rid yeah. of her. Because they were like, you can't be whooping your children. And you're like, yep. You, Gil, you are no more. Isn't that uh, kind of funny how a lot of them are in, from England? Right. I thought yeah. it was very interesting. So, you got anything? Anything else? You got anything that has sparked interest? Well, to me, I, I'd like to go back to that Costco thing. Yeah, go for and, it. And I would say, <clears throat> get your paper and pencil... And get ready to write this down. Are you going to read through a list? Well, I'm gonna. I got a few things here. But but I mean, how many things do you got? 
Oh, I don't know. Probably four. Oh, I was just wondering if it was like the top five. No. If it should be like one through five. I was just getting ready. I know. I wanted I know. to make sure I had enough room. No, you only have enough room. Okay, I'm good. Okay, if you ever stop and look at the prices uh, at Costco, you know, and a lot of them start, they end with, you know, 97 or 99 and um, some of them 49, 79, 89. You always wonder, what in the, you know, that's got to be a code for something. It is. Well, you're right, it is. If the price ends in 0 0.97, that's the best discount that you will ever find for that product. That's very interesting. Now, if the price ends in 0 0.99, it's the same prices at other stores. Huh. So it's really not a fantastic So you shouldn't be bargain. like going and buying it up and being like, woohoo! Yeah. Okay, you know, you could do that, but it doesn't mean anything. Okay, okay, I got you. Okay. Now, if it ends in 49, 79, or 89, that means Costco's prices will probably be more competitive uh, than elsewhere. Huh, you got a little cheat sheet there. Yeah, and I there was another thing in there about um, buying books from Costco, um, they were saying that you're, uh, if you ever really look at the prices of their books, they're not good. Uh, they're not good. Yeah. So, um, that's one thing that you may want to go to a, you know, bookstore or, you know, someplace else. But another little interesting fact that, you know, they do carry a lot of, uh, wine. Wine? Wine. You know, the beverage? Yeah, I never even actually thought about looking at Costco's wine. Well, they have a lot of wine that comes in uh, boxes, and they're like wooden boxes. Okay. And what they do is they'll stack them in back, and all you have to do is ask them for those boxes, and they'll give them to you free. Huh. And I think a lot of those boxes are pretty darn neat. Yeah, the, like, wooden ones and stuff? Yeah, the wooden ones. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I would have never known that. Yeah. Here you yeah. are, giving out the facts that people need. So now there's going to be a massive rush down to Costco. Costco. Yep. Even on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Yeah, and they're going to be asking for those free boxes. They're going to say, where is that wine? Give it those wooden wine, wine boxes. boxes. Man, I want those puppies. What else you got? That was it? That was it for that. All right. Hmm. Well, guess what? What? Did you... So, the other day we were driving, and I was like, do you know what it means? I was right. I was riding along with my sister-in-law. It's like, do you know what it means if there's, like, um, shoes on a telephone? As telephone lines? Yeah. yeah. Do you know what it means? I used... Somebody told me that years ago, but I can't remember what it is. So, we found out that it is... Somebody has passed away there. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's usually someone's passed away there. Or it's to commemorate an event. Mm. And so they'll throw a pair of shoes up there. And so we were like, man, we should go down there and throw a pair of shoes over uh, the, one of these electric lines down here in Merlin. Why is that? Because Jeannie's back. 
Oh, Jeannie's back. Yes, she is. That so, Jeannie, tell a little story about Jeannie. I don't really know too much about Jeannie. I just know that they have had, what, 50 years at OTT? Yeah. And oh, she's been, <clears throat> uh, she had moved away to Texas, but then she's now back here kind of part-time. Right. There's yeah. a write-up in the paper about it. Jeannie, uh, once you meet her, you won't forget her. Um, she has been working at a place called OTT, which stands for Orange, Orange Tor Torpedo Trips. Trips, which is a an outfit that um, they go ahead and you rent um, different types of rafts that go down the river. Yeah, uh, and they also have tours, so. They all, uh, they'll take different tours down there, and, and uh, if you don't want to have your own little uh, raft or, you know, different type of, of um, Tahiti or anything like that, you can all get into one of the bigger boats and uh, go down that way. Anyhow, uh, that's where you rent them, and this time of the year, boy, that place is, it is humming. It is popping. But... A poppin'. <clears throat> but uh, Jeannie's been there for over 40 years. Many and, moons. And uh, <clears throat> once you see Jeannie and talk to her, uh, she's quite different. She's 81 years old. She wears shorts, and she's got her, you know, her top on that says uh, Orange Torpedo, naturally. But um, she, she goes around there, uh, and runs around, and she gets people fitted up for their life jackets. She, I mean, she is, is all over the place. That woman is, man, I don't know. At, at 81, she just scoots around there. It's amazing. But anyhow, she was going to retire. She retired this last year and was going to move closer to her family in Texas. And um, she just decided uh, as summer came here that um, Texas down there is not the place to be in the summer. So, and she missed doing working up here. So she actually uh, came back and everybody was just so glad to see her and people, uh, even people that were working there would say, hey, you know, stay at my place, you know, and because she's going to only be here until it closes down when um, uh, fall starts to come in. And um, so it'll be just probably another couple months. And she said, no, no, she and she's tough. So she is uh, sleeping, I guess, in um, one of the manager's office on a cot. Uh, that's where she wants to be yeah you know and so um they have the big big sign on the gate oh down there it says uh this is genie's place that's great and uh she is back uh she'll go back to texas then when they shut down and god willing she'll be back next year and for the for the boating season again yeah we so, always look um, forward to her oh yeah yeah, everybody looks forward to Jeannie. Like I said, everybody knows Jeannie. So if you ever see a pair of cowboy boots on a fence post in Colorado, do you know what that means? 
no. So it means that either a horse passed away and it was like a long, you know, it lived its full life, or a cow hand. Passed away? Uh, yep. And so usually it's the cow hand's boots, but if it's a horse, they'll usually sacrifice a pair of boots to go and commemorate uh, oh. or to show respect of the animal and the loyalty to what they had done. Didn't know that. Yeah, here I am just giving you some Man. some cold hard facts. Just bam, bam, bam. Look at this focus. Just, today is one after another. I got that focus, and I mean today's today's episode is going to be called Costco Times and Nursery Rhymes. There you go. So you got that one because I mean you gave us the Costco Times, and I gave some tur- nursery rhymes. Yes, so we did. we have a hit episode. Yeah. What so. Can I say? Do you got anything else you want to add into this episode, or you want to go ahead and wrap her up? Well, I think we can wrap this one up. All right. Well, we killed it. Hand, high five. Bam. Bam. Oh, we we'll actually do it. Do it. Oh, there All we go. right. That was that was like a high five hand grip with a pin in there at the same time. Yeah. Well, I guess without further ado, later, witches. And we will talk to you again. And this is AJ. Signing off. Peace.